Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Bloom the Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode. I know it's been a little bit since we last dropped an episode, but we are back and we are back in our usual set. So we've been kind of back and forth from old set to new set, but we're back over here and we're ready to record. And I know what you're probably thinking, that this isn't my usual co-host, but today we have a special guest, a good friend of mine, Connor. We're good friends from church. I'll pass the floor over to you, Connor. You can tell the people a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. (laughs) I am Connor. Um, A little about myself. I go to church with Donovan at CBC. Uh, I am currently in flight school. I went to Cal Poly Pomona for my college education. And yeah, that's really me. Solid. And for those of you who are new here and don't know who I am, I'm your host, Donovan. And we are happy that you guys are here for this episode. It's going to be a fun one. And I think it'll be very particularly interesting because usually me and Ashley, for those of you who've watched the show for any extended period of time, know that we have more similarly than not views on... Uh, the topic we'll be covering today due to upbringing and background and things of that nature. So it'll be fun to get an outside perspective on some of these things that we're very familiar talking with, talking about. And um, yeah, so we'll jump straight into today's uh, topic, which is going to be Christian dating hangups. Some of the things that uh, stop Christians from getting into relationships or having successful relationships and just the whole Christian dating culture as a whole. Um, So I'll pass it over to you first, Connor, um, because I feel like a lot of people have a general consensus on some of my thoughts on this. And obviously my thoughts are ever changing. But (laughs) um, for you, in your own experience and just in Mm -hmm. looking out into the Christian dating sphere as a whole, there's a lot going on. But what would you say from what you've experienced and what you can see looking out would be some of the hangups you see for young people when it comes to getting into relationships? Well, from my experience personally is like a huge fear of rejection. Hmm. Um, That is probably number one, especially among Christian men. Yes. Um, A fear of getting into relationships with other uh, Christian women. Uh, What else? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess your personal bring, like, upbringing could have a huge factor in it. Yeah. Um, or, like, your personal experiences, like, maybe constant rejection or possibly just, like, this harsh upbringing of not being able to date when you're younger or even... Mm, that's true. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? I would agree. I think, especially on your first point for Christian men, I think, and I think this maybe just goes as a whole for all dating cultures, um, would be the rejection factor. Mm -hmm. I think there are some aspects of the Christian dating culture, which can kind of amplify those feelings of rejection due to the confines of the way that we're supposed to do relationships. So we have a very narrow minded view of, well, it's, the biblical view, but it's very ton- right. it's very funneled. So you have the dating process, which is super intentional, and you date for marriage, and it's very purposeful. So when you're going out and you're being rejected or you are in a relationship and it doesn't go the way that you want, it can kind of feel a lot heavier, yeah. and it can feel a lot more 
like you're losing time yes. because there's so much purpose put into it. I think it can be hard for people to kind of rebound after an experience like that. Yeah. And not only is there so much purpose being put into the relationship is that as you keep getting older in the Christian community, it feels like there's less and less <laughs> there for, yeah. for you. Um, yeah. And that's not necessarily true because if you think about it, like if you're breaking up, other people are breaking up. Yeah, you know, you're not alone. You're not alone in it. It might right. feel that way, uh, especially because, like, in the Christian community, people get married very quickly, very young. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, like, in theory, right, it would be fairly easy, one would think, like, as an outsider looking in, it would be fairly easy for Christian people to get into relationships because your criteria is supposed to be different than the world. And I think that's one of the other hangups is the criteria is supposed to be different because you're really just looking for a godly person and someone who has biblical characteristics and those things. But the aspects that the world holds to are still present, just in yeah. different forms. And I think that's another hang-up would be how do you marry those two of having like the physical and material uh attributes that the world deems as good which they are not inherently bad they're good things that were designed and made to want and to do but how do we marry those with some of the more stereotypical advice of like they just need to be a christian and that's pretty much it i would actually like point out like sometimes you feel like you're actually looking for the perfect person in our community Mm. and not necessarily the just the Christian aspect. Right. Um, I don't know. I probably got lost there a little bit. I'm sorry about that. But No, you're when you say the perfect person mm-hmm. in the Christian community versus like the world, what do you feel like that looks like? Or what, do you think it's maybe an expectation issue on people yeah. have too high of expectation? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think people go into it looking for like this perfect Christian who will meet every standard and help them grow at every moment of their relationship with Christ. Mm. And obviously that is not the case because we're just human. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's always going to be a problem just because I think we're all so prideful Mm. and we have an, we have an elevated view of ourselves and what we think we deserve. We are, yeah. And we kind of project that out onto the dating market when we're looking for a potential person to date. Mm-hmm. We can it's very easy to like start comparing ourselves to other relationships and to other people and say, "Well, I deserve XYZ from a potential mate." Right. And I know that's something that I've struggled with is because same. I've always had And, like, it's a good thing and it can be a bad thing, but I know the things that I expect for myself, and I usually project that onto other people, which is not necessarily fair. So it's a very – you have to be very careful with, like I said, the elevated view of self versus, you know, a realistic view of what sinful, flawed human beings are going to be able to give to you because we put so much emphasis and fulfillment in other people, which can lead to so much of the – disappointment yeah yeah for sure um especially like i've had that experience before too is like when i put so much effort into a relationship i had or i've had have had um whatever uh (laughs) um 
that once it broke off or she left me or we broke up mutually, like it just felt like utter destruction. Yeah. 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 I've, I've definitely been there before and you kind of go through those lulls after those experiences kind of going back to our first point of like, Mm-hmm. There's so much weight on that. How do you feel like you're able to escape some of that pressure you feel after those kind of more intense, more intense situations? Ooh, run back to community. That is something mm. I didn't do the first time it happened. Yeah. And I fell into a crowd that it just didn't end up well for me. I ended up trying some drugs that I wasn't I shouldn't have and like just the heartbreak and the hurt that you can experience from those things can drive you more into the world um, if you don't have that good community so I'd say community is the number one thing you need after those yeah like get with the boys you know your girl (laughs) get with your gals (laughs) yeah because I think it definitely is like the experiences are different for guys and girls and how those things impact them and yeah I think community is just always going to be important and i think oftentimes when you're starting to get into a relationship you kind of start to put community on the back burner because you're so focused on On the relationship and you start to kind of lose touch with all of the people that were holding you accountable and all the people that were kind of involved in your life discipling you and giving you um you know advice or just opinions and wisdom and all those things so when you unplug from the relationship and that's over and now you're empty without nothing because you've distanced yourself from the community and now you're also not in the relationship anymore Mm -hmm. so now you're kind of just in this isolated limbo zone where you feel like you don't have anybody to lean on yeah absolutely yeah and I've, i've definitely experienced that as well just going through um longer relationships that you think are the one the one and you think like oh this is going to be it yeah and i think that's not a bad thing i think that's one of the other hang-ups is i think people date with contingencies yes and i think that stops them from applying themselves and committing to a relationship to actually see it through i think one of the easy examples that i always think of is like when you start dating someone new but there's no pictures of them on your social media. And you're like, oh, well, why haven't I seen a picture? Like, I don't even know they exist. Like, well, yeah. we could break up. And I don't want to, like, have a bunch of photos. And, like, I yeah. totally understand where that I've comes from. Yeah. But, yeah. like, at, also at the same time, like, I don't want to be dating somebody and thinking to myself, well, we could break, break up. up. So I'm going to be like, ah, I'm not going to really yeah. go all the way. It should be with the intention. We're going to try to make this work. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have that mindset, even when it comes to like going on like simple dates. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people go into it with like, yeah, but it might not work. And yeah. they that projects onto the date, I think, a lot. Because oh, like yeah. the way you perceive the relationship, like if I truly believe that this person is a special individual and like we could go the distance, mm-hmm. I'm going to act that way in my actions. Like that person is going to feel that that's how I feel about them. Versus the opposite. If I feel like uh, you're still like I'm still on the fence about you, like jury's still out. Like I feel like that also projects, and it kind of leaves people kind of on edge with each other, even when they're in a relationship. Yeah, it's definitely has a huge mental, um, like mental strain on you when you're going into a relationship thinking it, it might not work. And you know, I I've been there a cu- one time. I was there. Like I was like, oh, you know what? I'm doing this. 
it might not work out. And it definitely looked like it might not work <laughs> out. And yeah. it did not work out. Yeah. Um, very quickly, actually. Um, so, yeah. So what's the balance, do you think, between, like, mitigating and managing your expectations and not, like, selling out after the first date? Like, I'm going to marry this person. Yeah, because you don't want to be that Christian guy that says, God told me that, <laughs> that you're <laughs> yeah, the one. <laughs> I had a prophecy. It was in my dream. Um, but like, yeah, how do you avoid being that guy? But also, how do you avoid being the person that's kind of like giving that person the Heisman because you're scared that it might not go the way that you want? Yeah. I think you go into dating realistically mm. um, and don't go in with any fantasies about like who this person is. You have no idea who this person really is. You might have hung out a couple times before. You might have been friends with them before. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you're going to truly get to know someone until you're like spending a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with them. Uh, so don't think that you know who they are yet. Uh, they'll bring up things that you don't know about them that they only tell a few people eventually and like that could shatter it if you go into this into the relationship with this high expectation of like oh they're perfect or like mm. they've done little wrong um and yeah then they bring up something from like their past or um yeah something they're ashamed of and they're they're looking for uh comfort from you but instead you've built this image up in your mind that oh they're not perfect. Oh, I got to back away now. Mm, that's actually a very interesting point. Because I feel like that's one of the, again, another hangup that happens in the early stages is mm -hmm. people don't put themselves out there in a way that's going to highlight some of those things. And obviously, you don't go on a date and just tell everybody your deepest, darkest secrets. No. But I think also there's a hesitancy to like be vulnerable and be real which both people are kind of playing that facade of like, yeah. I'm a perfect person. And then you get six months in and then they finally drop something that's really heavy on you for the first time. And you don't really know how to take it because for six months you've both been kind of playing at the we're perfect Christians act. And I think that's really difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think definitely being vulnerable and open earlier rather than later is a I do. A good thing. I do think that's a big red flag if like they're not vulnerable and if you're trying to like ask them questions to be vulnerable and yeah. they aren't opening up to you it's a turn and burn baby it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a it's time to run <laughs> yeah because that's something I've struggled with a lot is because I'm not at least I didn't used to be someone that would share like how I felt about things or what was really going on mm-hmm and I feel like I've definitely turned a corner on that. Yeah. And now I kind of want to just get it out there and be like, all right, here's what it is. Mm -hmm. And that has its upsides and, and its downsides. downsides. too. So if you're too vulnerable too quickly, yeah, then they'll be like, what's wrong with this guy? Like, <laughs> He's unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. No, pretty much. So it's, it's really walking that, that tightrope of balance and just kind of that give and take of like, can this person reciprocate back? what it is that you're what, what it is that you're sharing with them and are they going to be mm -hmm. vulnerable with you as well yeah in return and yeah yeah it's all about reciprocation for sure yeah and i think that's another thing that we could go into as well is like the talking stage oh. of relationships yeah. i think this is another big hang-up because a lot of people i feel like would rather stay in the talking stage 
than they would jump into a relationship because of a lot mm. of different factors. I think there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Culture is one thing. So uh, again, on one hand, you have the pressure of Christian culture of being like, well, you got to get married in a day mm-hmm. if you're going to date. And that's yeah. a lot of pressure, right? That's like, a lot of pressure, yeah. And then on the other hand, you have the very relaxed, like very nonchalant, like zero purpose. So like trying to find that middle. And I think the talking stage can give a leeway to a lot of this other side of like having very little purpose because you get a lot of the benefits of dating somebody Hmm. without having to really commit. And there's nothing expected of you. You can still walk away at any time and not really give an explanation. And there's Hmm. nothing really expected of you, but you still get to talk to that person often. You still get to go on dates. You still get to go hang out. But you never make that step to change that over into a relationship. And I think a lot of people get stuck there. Hmm. That's interesting because I have always been the opposite, right? I don't like the talking stage. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. And I never want to stay there. I just want to go like immediately to the dating stage or even like in my head, like obviously ideally I wake up tomorrow and I'm married with three children. (laughs) That'd be great. (laughs) So you're okay with arranged marriage? I'll arrange it for you. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, it's worked in many cultures. Hey, it has. N- not not it's mine. Biblical. <laughs> no, it's it, biblical. It is biblical, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of that also comes from, like, how long people wait to communicate interest. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah, I have a huge problem with that. Um, yeah. I, I wait way too long, and then eventually it's, like, either they move on to someone else or um like they'll end up just seeing me as a friend and just that Uh, yeah and that's something i've been i've worked on i worked on throughout college but recently i've started falling back into that that like routine of like talking to a girl i like her but i never say anything i think that's a huge red flag in guys such as myself that and again red flags by the way guys can always be worked on (laughs) This is true. That's yeah. why it's just red, it's just a warning. It's not yeah. It's, it's not a critical error. It's yeah, just we all have them. We all have them. That's a great point. Yeah. I think most people when they think red flags, are like I will not date that person if they do this. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah, yeah I think, and it kind of again kind of goes back to that first point of like communicating that puts yourself out there mm-hmm. to be rejected, yeah. and that's that's. A difficult thing to do repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it gets made even harder when, like you said, the culture as you grow up and there's like pressure to be married young in certain yeah. instances, um, it just kind of amplifies that feeling. And I think also they, it's kind of a demonized thing to do in the Christian community at at the same time, because like in one hand, yeah. you're supposed to go out and communicate exactly how you feel you to the feel. girl. And if she rejects you, she rejects you. If not, if not, whatever. But on the other hand, if you ask out people, you're kind of looked at as that that guy that church, always asks out. Yeah, people. the giga church Chad. Yeah. He's kind of just like out there trying to catch numbers. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. It's a balance between like searching constantly and searching wisely i think yeah uh if you if you are asking out like willy-nilly i don't think that's wise sure um 
but if you aren't asking at all, that's also not wise. You have to like be putting yourself out there. Yeah. Uh, and you can't just wait for the perfect person because no one is perfect. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it really depends because I, I mean, I've had plenty of conversations with different people and there is no wrong answer. I don't feel like on Mm -hmm. this question, but there's always a debate of like how long you should wait before you ask somebody out. Yeah. Do you want to be their friend for a certain amount of time before you do it? Like get to know them, see them in group settings or do you meet, see them a couple times and then just ask them out? Like there's always kind of that. I mean, I think the balance. second option right there is probably the way to go. Uh, there is a balance to it. You don't want to, like, do that for every single girl you meet, obviously. But, right. Um, I mean, if you really like them, you should probably do it pretty quickly just so you, you have your intentions laid out. And if they say no, then it's okay. You're both adults. You can move on. That's um, the problem, though. Is that adults <laughs> are children. <laughs> adults are children, and those dynamics also get, like they often get very muddy and like Christian people, I feel like just don't process those types of things. Well, like if you're going to see that person again, it makes it very interesting to say the least. Yeah, it does. (laughs) And I've been in that situation before and I like, I asked her out, I got rejected, went to church. This is at Foothill, a different church I was at. So I don't have to do this anymore. But (laughs) (laughs) I'd see her and I'd huddle with my friends and yeah. like, because you don't want to be in that awkward situation with them anymore. Yeah. Um, and eventually, like, you can work it out. Like, I, right. you know, you're I'm friends with some of my exes, so I'm not. Yeah. You know, that's just how it is. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard, and I would be inclined to agree with you as well. I think the sooner you can be forward with your intentions, the better. Mm-hmm. I think that. The longer you wait, you do run different risks like you were bringing up before as that person potentially just seeing you as a friend or maybe them feeling like you're not being forthcoming with mm-hmm. your intentions, Yeah, um, which aren't necessarily good things to, to do. <laughs> yeah. So I would be more on the side of, you know, do your homework, but also don't waste time. Yes. Because you don't want to just be asking people out because you, again, there is that intentionality and seriousness that comes with dating as a, as a believer. Yeah, dating should be taken very seriously. It is for marriage, and marriage is the literal representation of Christ and the church. Yeah. It's huge. And this is, I've gotten people to disagree with me on this, but I truly do believe if you aren't ready to be married, you shouldn't be dating. Like, yeah, if you're going to put yourself in a dating relationship, which we previously said is strictly for marriage, mm-hmm. like I think a lot of people date for fun yeah, and they date because it's something to do and it, it brings fulfillment and as- some aspects to your life. And I totally get that. But at the same time, relationships are not for fun. You have fun in relationships, but they're not for fun. Exactly. They're for marriage. So if you're going to enter into a dating relationship, you should have marriage on your mind because that is the goal. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people enter in and like, well, we'll see what happens. Like, I'm not sure what I want. Like they don't, they haven't really thought through what it is that they're really putting themselves into. And I think when it starts to get serious, that's when you see a lot of cold feet and you see a lot of people kind of like scared to kind of go to that next level. They haven't thought about, oh, the marriage question yet. And all of a sudden they're at that point where it's either... I propose 
or I I run. Yeah. And they didn't think about it before, and now all of a sudden they're scared. Yeah, and I mean, I it's and I each perspective is different for the guy and for the girl. Like the girl's thinking one thing on one hand, like mm-hmm. is this guy gonna propose? Like is this guy pursuing me for marriage? And then on the other hand, it's like for the guy, it's like is this girl ready to be married? True. You know, is that is that something that they're ready to take on? So there's kind of that balance, and again, communication is so important. And I think a lot of times people just don't communicate those important things because they're more focused on having fun and going on the dates and doing those things. And I've talked to people that are like, that treat the dating phase as almost just like an extension of their friendship. And then the engagement is like where they do all the hard stuff. Yeah. Which is not a good idea. No. No. Not at all. Because then you have like six months to a year to like cram all this emotional stuff into one short time frame it's not it's terrible yeah and it's not easy i mean some of these things take some of these like smaller issues can take a month months at a time Mm -hmm. to to really like fully understand and process on each individual's end because we're all so different and we all have different backgrounds different experiences and different expectations Mm -hmm. and if you try and lump all those things into like you said a six month time frame you're going to be cutting yourself short of a lot of that time. You could have been getting to know that person on a deeper level to mm-hmm. see if that's someone you would even want to be married to. Like if I don't know those things, I feel like I wouldn't even feel comfortable proposing. Yeah, me either. I mean, okay. I looked at Hannah Carmichael gave me or didn't give me, but like showed me the engagement book a couple weeks ago oh, or yeah. like the premarital counseling book. Yeah. And some of the questions I hadn't even thought about before, like how many cars are you going to own? Yeah. And I was like, I guess if you really think about it, if you're tight for cash, like, are you going to have two cars or are going to have one car? How are When you raise kids, are you going to be able to buy them cars? Like, that's a question that I never thought about. So you have to put a lot, a lot of things that you don't even think exist or are yeah. necessary into that time frame in order to solve these, like, issues, especially financial. That's a huge one. Um, that's a whole other topic. But... Yeah, I would agree. I think there's two sides of that coin. I think it's extremely good to be prepared, and those questions are extremely helpful. Right. And I think they can also paralyze you. Oh, yeah, and there's, cripple you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been Fear. so many times, even for me, and I'm usually more like I'll figure it out when I cross that bridge. Mm-hmm. Like that's usually my mindset about things, so I'm not really – it doesn't really scare me that much. Yeah. But, I mean, just talking with people and certain experiences that I've had, it's like there's so many things that add up and you're like, shoot, this is a lot more than I thought it would be. Yep. And it kind of can create the reverse effect from people wanting to be married young to feeling like they have to be married later in life because they have to have all their ducks in a row. They have to have the financially stable job. They have to be able to afford Mm -hmm. two plus cars and one for the kiddo. Yeah. They have to be able to, you know, be able to put a down payment on a house. Like there's all these things that we're now thinking about, yeah. which are good things and practical things to have on your mind. Yeah. But it can also become a hang up for people as well when they start putting all the emphasis on the material parts mm-hmm. of the marriage and like all of the logistical parts. And we kind of just remove the sovereignty of God out of our lives. Yeah. You're, it's like you're not trusting him at that point. Yeah. Um, you don't. My mom told me one time, you don't need much to get married. No. All you need is each other. At least one of you has a job that can pay rent, and that's it. 
like you should be striving for more and growing together but yeah in reality you don't need much it's going to be difficult but you don't need much and i think that's again i want to come back to that because i think that's really important um an expectation thing most people's expectation to what it's going to be like when they get married is they get married and then they move into a nice fancy apartment and they've got a dog or they've got, you know, their cars, yeah. the husband's going to the law firm. Like there's mm-hmm. like this delusional expectation of what your transition into marriage is going to be like. And hey, some people got it like that. If you've got it like that, amazing. But for most people that are getting married under the age of 30 are probably not going to have that. So right. there has to be a realistic life standard expectation if that's something you want to do. And I see a lot of people that delay marriage, even when they're in relationships, to try and attain that standard of life, which I feel like is more damaging than it is helpful. I think so. I watched your t- or, uh, college episode like that oh, yeah. you, when you guys talked about how delaying marriage is because people are you know wanting these new things like these things before they get married and they've been told so much like you need to get your degree before you get married you need to have the stable job before you get married yeah and yeah and yeah you don't always i'd say if you are in college it's not the best time to get married probably because you aren't in the workforce but yeah and it really depends i mean i know people that got married in college and they either worked a part-time job or that they staggered their classes and they were Mm -hmm. able to work full-time kind of like what your mom said like if you just the two people that are going to figure it out. Like there's plenty of ways to make things happen. I think people are just scared of the amount of work that it might take mm-hmm. to achieve something that you want to do. And I, I get that. It just depends on where your priorities lie. Yeah. But going back to what your mom said, cause I think that's a big portion is the advice people get from parents and other people in the church that can be a hang up for people. Because I think too many people speaking into the ears of young people and giving contrary advice makes it hard for people to delineate what they should follow and what they shouldn't and what they should be looking for and what they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So would you say there's advice that you have received that's good versus advice that you've received that's bad? Is there leaning more one way than the other? Hmm. I think I've received more good advice, luckily. Because um, yeah. a lot of the advice I get are from pastors or my parents, which I think are great resources for me. Absolutely. Um, I mean, not really advice. There's certain things that have been said to me while I've been single that, like, you know, haven't been great. That's a standard thing. Yeah. yeah but, yeah, like, based off advice about how, how to, like, get... Okay, here's one that is not a good advice. Or, like, it it can be, and it happens for some people, but it generally doesn't. I think it just happens for, like, the specific people that say this. Yeah. It will come when you're least expecting. <laughs> I don't know what you think about that, but I think a lot of people who end up getting married, were, at least one of them was searching for it. Yes. I think that is... And... I use this word because I feel like it's the only word that I can think of that fits, but I feel like that is a word to get people to cope with contentment. Yes. I feel like if you say, like, it'll come when you're least expecting it, it puts the emphasis on the individual to be like, all right, let me not think about this. Let me go focus on God, focus on church. Which are all good things, but what are you telling yourself when you're not thinking about it? What are you thinking about when you're telling yourself not to think about it? Yeah, exactly. So I think... (laughs) 
it's kind of a and this is pairs perfectly with advice that I've heard a lot is that like the harder you try to find someone, the less mm. like ability it, it, you'll have to. Yeah, I think there's like some truth in that where you'll look desperate and like you're yeah. just trying to like, oh, please like date me or something. But I think you still have to like put in the work. And the you do, but that's a great. I'm so glad you said that because I think that might be it. This just might be the biggest hindrance to mm. Christian people getting married is pride. And I was thinking about this yeah. during Patrick's message a lot last, this last week. He's talking about pride. but And I was even talking with Bob about this. But if you go to a singles ministry, if you go to a singles group, and we were talking about this as yes, well. We if you go to a singles ministry, if you ask any of those individuals why they're there, 99.9% of those individuals will say, because I want to hear a great sermon. Yeah. And it's like, okay, sure, sure. me as well. But also here. <laughs> yeah, the also like the underlying motive for why we're all there is to find somebody to date slash marry mm-hmm. and you know pursue a relationship. And that's okay. Yeah. But the pride of our hearts doesn't want to seem desperate and doesn't want to seem like we're looking. So we pass that off and we have all these single people in the same room with one another kind of playing coy of like, oh, yeah, relationship. I could take it or leave it. I'm here for the fellowship for a good message. And then we all just pass each other by. Yeah. And it, I have seen it where it's like it only takes that one like just slight bit of confidence, that one guy that had that little bit of confidence. And all of a sudden they're dating from that group and they're not in that group anymore. Yep. They always bounce in like three months. Always. Like. <laughs> It's it's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, everyone's waiting for it to happen. Yeah. And just the majority of people don't. And I think it's just very sad because if we could just nix the stigma of people being, quote, unquote, desperate or wanting to be in a relationship. Like, if you read Paul Mm -hmm. and we talk about fire, that's not necessarily an – I don't know if I'd say it's a desperation correlation, but it's definitely not a passive, like, kind of sit on your hands correlation either. Yeah. Like, there's an urgency to fire, guys. Like, yes. you need to act on it. Or and else I think, you're going to mess up somewhere else along the way. Yes, and I think we have a lot of people that fall into that camp because they are busy with the facade, and then they have to put that forward, and they're able to find contentment or at least some momentary satisfaction in other sinful means that can lead you to a very dark place. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's very important that people are just straightforward and honest. And I think if people just walked into those singles groups with that mentality of like, Oh yeah, I am here to meet somebody. Yeah. I mean, and that's specifically like a singles group. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think we even do that, you know, like in Bible studies. Oh, 100%. Like, and there could be couples mixed in or whatever, but like, yeah, I've done that before where I joined a young adults Bible study just so I could, you know, see who was there and like of if course. I could meet someone. I I didn't, but <laughs> Hey, but you were there. But I was there. And that's all that counts, right? But I did go in with that mentality, like deep down I was like, Okay, I'm here because I wanna meet someone. Yeah. But like on the surface I was like, Oh no, I'm here for the the good community and like that's definitely part of it. I met great guys there that were awesome and are yeah. still my friends today. Yeah. Um, but that's just like the surface level of why I was there. Of course. And I think that's one of the things people say about online dating, right? That makes it quote unquote easier mm-hmm. is because if they're on online dating, then the presupposition is that they want to date someone that's on there. 
So that kind of yes. like takes out the middleman of like, is this person looking for a relationship? Are they not? Did they just get out of something? Like, are they emotionally stable? Like, it kind of takes that like guessing game out. And I feel like it should be fairly the same in person with people at these Bible studies and groups, but it's not because mm-hmm. we're busy portraying a different motive. Yeah, we're trying to look like the good Christian. Yeah. Who isn't just there for relationships because relationships are a distraction from God. And if you're pursuing a relationship, then by default, you're either A, not content, or a relationship is an idol to you. Yeah, but then how the heck do you, you know, <laughs> get married if you don't? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of back and forth that it just it confuses people and they don't know how to act. And I think even people that have the motive, like, if they know it deep down that they want to do, but and when the opportunity is presented to them, I feel like a lot of people fumble those opportunities because they're scared of the disapproval that will come from acting on it. Yes. And I feel like that's just another one of the hangups to add to the list yeah. is people's opinions, especially unsolicited opinions, come in out of nowhere all the time to say what the young people should and shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. and it's almost like helicopter parenting from people in in the church a lot of times yeah i think there's two forms of disapproval too yeah it's like if they say no that's the disapproval from them and all of a sudden like oh i feel like i can't be in this group anymore yeah and then there's the disapproval if they say yes and then they're like why were you here in the first place this guy obviously isn't a good guy yeah <laughs> yeah this I don't, is true i don't think the second one happens like often i think a lot of the times if they're good people around you they'll be like oh this is awesome i, I totally saw you guys together like, that's great yeah but yeah yeah it's hard and i mean i think i don't know what you would say as far as just like what do you think would improve the christian culture like what direction do you think the that christian culture should take as far as the stigma on relationships and people dating, like what do you think would be helpful, like helpful things to implement as far as thought process and mm. just the way people go about it that would curb some of that, you know, angst and disapproval and those hesitation from young mm-hmm. people to get into relationships. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say to people be always be open, uh, to going out with someone uh yeah do that you never know what's gonna happen you never know if you're gonna really like them or not uh i also say we were talking about this last week um about how is it on the elders of the church or like the leaders of the church or is it on the single people of the church to like get this going yeah and you came to the conclusion right that it was really on the singles of the church that need to step up. I strongly believe that, yes. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'm a mixture between the two. I think, like, emphasizing marriage, like, while it can be harmful um, in the church, it's also a good thing. So you get people motivated to want to do that. Um, Yeah. But, like, obviously not, like, putting down people who, like, can't seem to get in relationships or something like that there's like a there's yeah. a weird balance there uh putting together singles groups as the elders but then like letting them run it uh i feel like maybe there would be more intentionality there or maybe have like 
or maybe like specifically state like this is for this purpose if you aren't coming here with the intention of like finding people i i think that could bring a whole host of problems but like if you aren't coming here with the intention of finding someone like don't don't be here yeah um that is an interesting thought i think that could have benefits if you kind of if they set the tone for like what what the purpose is of being there i think that could be helpful Mm -hmm. i think it still would be incumbent on the people going to make sure that that is the reality though yes because you can't force people into relationships you can't and I did like what you said about um, the the leaders encouraging it. And I mm-hmm. think the best way to encourage it is to model it. Mm. And because in groups that I've been in in the past, the people are married. Like, the leaders are married. But the way they talk about marriage, the way they talk about relationships, and the right. way that they interact with the young people that are pursuing relationships – it's very contrary to encouragement. Yes. Yeah, I, I've heard all the time, like, oh, dude, be happy you're single right yes. now. Yes, And, like, obviously there's problems that come with marriage. Sure. And, like, there's problems that come with relationships. Yeah. But I've never heard, unless, like, the relationship is going terribly, take marriage out of it because once <laughs> you're in marriage, like, you're locked in. Yeah, you're stuck. Um, you're stuck. If... You are dating someone and you tell a single person like, hey, dude, dating is not all it's cracked up to be. Um, yeah. You're just much better off single. How happy are they in that relationship? And what kind of example is oh, that putting man. forth to other people, like uh. single people? <laughs> like, it's, it's really frustrating because like that single person, all they want is that relationship. And you're standing there in a relationship telling them, I don't want to be in it, even though deep down, you know, they want to be in it or else they would have left that relationship. Yes, ah, so much truth there. Yeah, I often wonder, like, for the people that do say stuff like that, like, are you giving us an SOS right now? Like, what's yeah, what's are, happening? Are you okay, man? <laughs> yeah, and you just hear that all the time. Like, I always hear the joke of like, oh, marriage is a life sentence, and, like all the, like random stuff like that. That just yeah, through subtle communication, like if you grow up in an environment that speaks of marriage that way, that negatively, yeah, yeah. Because in one hand, you have the pulpit that says, you know, marriage is the biblical representation of Christ in the church, and mm-hmm. it speaks highly. The most highly um, spoken of institution in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. You have that from the pulpit. Right. But in the day-to-day life-on-life with people, you see the exact opposite. And it's hard to make those two things come together and make sense in young people's minds. I mean, even for myself, like I was in a serious relationship, and I've told this story before, but I was uh, 18, turning 19, and people were like, you're too young, you don't know what you're doing, like, this is, like, you should wait. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's a take sure i get where it comes from but also like if you truly support marriage why would you tell a young person that exactly yeah especially if they're not asking (laughs) like there's no reason to discourage people from doing something that we talk so highly about on one hand but then in person to person i feel like it can be very demeaning and very belittling when we talk about it oh yeah oh yeah um when you're talking about something so negatively, even though it's been ordained by God in such a great area, and I'm no marriage expert, by the way. I've never Sounds even been like close it. to marriage. 
so I don't know what it's like. Uh, and I'm sure, like, some of the people that have said those things just had, like, a bad day or something. They just got in an argument. Yeah. Or something like that. But, because you do see married couples as well say, oh, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, she's, like, 100%. my rock. Yeah. You know, I couldn't live without her. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's also a, a problem because <laughs> <laughs> one day you might have to. <laughs> oh man! I mean, but, the man's usually older too, so usually he, go, he usually goes uh, first. Yeah, he usually. So. so if you're hearing that from a yeah. woman and saying like, "I can't live without him," well, maybe buckle up. Uh, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> you might have five years. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah, yeah I got dark. My bad. I did get a little bit dark. It's okay. It's it's true though. <sighs> yeah. I. Yeah, it, it's very difficult. I just think there needs to be more support for... And then more practical advice for people that are looking to be married. One of the things that I see a lot is people project their relationship experience and, and like others. how they got married onto mm-hmm. other people, which I think is somewhat irresponsible because if you project your experience and use that as the template of and the proof of concept for how relationships are supposed to go... Mm-hmm. You're the only person with your exact set of experiences. Exactly. The person you're talking to might have a completely opposite set of circumstances and road ahead of them. So to preach that out as if that's the way that it's done, I feel like is damaging yeah. to people. And I've heard that quite a bit. I remember at an at a older study that I was at, um, it was very much that way mm-hmm. of just like, here's how, here's the formula. If you follow these steps, you're good. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, that's what was good for you, not necessarily what's good for, for me. maybe ninety nine percent of yeah. other people, like because they're not you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and if I didn't ask, please don't tell me. If I'm not talking about it, yeah. Please don't tell me. Like, if, okay, if I'm talking about it with someone, I you can feel free to give me advice yeah. because like I've opened the conversation to that. Yeah. Um, but also I've already like picked out people who I want to model my relationships after. Like I, I, as a single person, like have like evaluated certain couples already. Yeah. And like my parents are someone like, I love to model my relationship after they're going on 30 years strong. It's a beautiful marriage. Yeah. Um, some of the pastors I've had, I think are great examples for me. And I know there's this one couple that I'd love to mentor me once I get married that went to Foothill. Amazing. Uh, yeah. But again, I would approach them with that. Yeah. Say, what would you have done in this situation? What would you do right now? Yeah. Which is an interesting also dynamic. Cause it's kind of like that fallacy of experience mm-hmm. where someone thinks because they have right. experience or because they're doing the quote unquote thing, that they're now the expert on the expert, said yeah. thing. And I hear that all like, you'll hear married people all the time. Like, well, just wait till you're married. I'm right. like, yes, that's true. Obviously there's a level of knowledge, depth of knowledge yeah. that you'll have once you're married. Yes. But that doesn't make you the end all be all on marriage. And you just get to purport all of your views to everybody else because you're married now. It's like, mm-hmm. there's still, like you said, that request of information of like, I'm seeking you out to help me in my relationship Versus like me just volunteering all of my thoughts to people who really don't want to hear them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've written down some quick red flags if you want to go through some Let's of them. Let's do it. Dude. Yes. Uh, some of these go. are more fun than others. Okay. Um, the first one is a funny one. If she asks you the day and time you're bored, born, oh my gosh. Just, just run away, man. It's not worth it. 
she's into some witchcraft star sign stuff <laughs> yeah if you're a christian though and you're doing that yeah that's, that's an true. even bigger red flag on your christianity yeah, like they <laughs> i don't i don't know if they're christians <laughs> yeah one. this is this is facts yeah 100 percent. and some of these are definitely worldly red flags but i just put them in here for fun uh we love it anyway <laughs> I, what do you think about this one i have a lot of guy friends and i or like i hate the drama that my girlfriends bring oh gosh you're opening up a can of worms oh here. boy um, i don't know if we have the time for that <laughs> yeah shoot it's a red flag for sure Usually in my mind, I think every single guy knows exactly what he thinks when he hears that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I don't necessarily have to say it. I think man to man, we know what we that know. means. Yes. At the same time, it can be an upbringing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people that grew up with like all brothers and their parents kind of pushed that mm-hmm. on them a little bit. And they kind of have that tomboy uh, vibe with them, yeah. which can be okay. It really just depends on the person and what they're doing with that. Because I've dated people that are like that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, I have so many guy friends. They're always texting guys. They're always hanging out with guys. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, so if you have all these guy friends, why am I here? Yeah. What what am I here for? And here's here's the problem with this is a lot of times the guy gets deemed as being insecure because he doesn't want his girlfriend being surrounded by guys that she calls his friend, her friends all the time. And that's where the trouble starts, because now it's just like this feud of quote unquote jealousy, even though we're supposed to be dating and you've got guys hanging around you mm-hmm. and it's kind of just a weird dynamic. So is, that, I, that kind of goes deep. I could say a lot more on that, but know, I think it even gets worse when you flip it to the guy side and it's like, Oh, I'm just hanging out. I like ha- I have a lot of girlfriends. Oh yeah. That's kind of weird. I think that's even weirder and a little bit worse. Um, yeah. It, it could go two ways too for that. Yeah. I mean, like I have a, a lot of friends that are, girls i have no intention of dating yeah but like i feel like if i'm hanging out with a girl the most of the time i'm thinking maybe i want to date them yeah it's like what's the context of your relationship yeah yeah. that's the question i always have like what is it that you guys do are you old family friends or did you just meet like (laughs) yeah and i feel like this kind of goes back to the episode that we did about can guys and girls be best friends which obviously Mm -hmm. they can't but usually there's one person controlling the dynamic of the friendship because more likely than not those guys want to date you or are interested in you to some capacity or vice versa the girl's interested in the guy Mm -hmm. someone's making the conscious decision to say this is still going to be a friendship not a relationship Mm. so that is very disingenuous to be in that position and kind of just lead those people on and have people thinking that they're friends with you just because you're not giving them access to more. Yeah. I just feel like it's kind of shady and yeah, I I can't I can't go for it. Yeah, we're going to make a lot of people mad. <laughs> and we're uh, going to get canceled. We were <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we're ringing it. No, I'm just kidding. Um uh, Connor's going to be back for more guys. I hope you guys are enjoying <laughs> this cuz he will be returning. We might have to do a dedicated red flags episode. Oh, yeah. This. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about I'm a Christian, but 
I mean, that's just the red flag right there. I'm a Christian, but... <laughs> yeah, to me, that has very same, similar undertones of when people say, no offense, but... And it always comes out as offensive. As offensive, yeah. That's just, like, I'm a Christian, and then they say something that's completely Me, not Christian. Not Christian yeah. You're like, all right, dog. Like, I mean... <laughs> yeah. A good thing, I, we already mentioned some of these, so that's good. Um, and then last one I'll bring up is uh, constantly bringing up mistakes of the past. That's an interesting one. Um, I think it depends on the context and why they're bringing it up and what it is or how they feel about it. Mm. Because for me, I feel like there are lots of things in my life that I wouldn't necessarily call regrets, but stuff that I wish I could have done better. And obviously having knowledge that I have now, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I can't like, there's no purpose in like dwelling on it. But I think it is helpful as reference points to show people in areas that you've grown in. Mm-hmm. I think if you're constantly bringing it up, though, it's kind of like, all right, we get it. Like, it can almost be a, a like a victimization thing of like you huh. wanting to put. It can, it can manifest itself in a couple different ways, but in in the negative, when I've seen it, it can either be like the victimization aspect of like these really really hard things happened to me Uh, and i learned so much from them and they kind of just want to keep reinforcing like i've had a very difficult path okay i see what you're saying i was thinking about the opposite one when your partner brings up your mistakes oh (laughs) oh that's terrible no yeah that's awful (laughs) oh my god because i agreed with you like i was like I'm finding myself agreeing. Oh, wait, we're talking about two different oh things Oh, my gosh. Here. Oh, yeah, that person's got to go. Oh, yeah. That's got to go. I mean, look, there are things that we're going to do that are going to mess, like, be horrible, and they're going to hurt the other person. But, like, when, yeah, I guess. You know, like, that's a great episode to do as well that we may have to come back on mm-hmm. and revisit is forgiveness in relationships Ooh. and how that manifests. Because you had a quote the other day that said something along the lines of this. Oh, is I don't remember yes, it, but it I may good. remember it. I may not. You can correct me if I say it wrong, but you said you can't know if you love someone until they've hurt you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what, what I that's said. That's what yeah. it was, which I think is extremely true. Like if you're in a relationship and everything's just hunky-dory and then the one time that person sins against you, yeah. how do you respond in that situation? Yeah. And I think that's a, to add to the list of hangups. People are scared of confrontation and they're scared Ooh. of, you know, conflict. Yes. And the minute conflict arises, people bail because they don't know. <laughs> Subtweet. No, but people don't know how to communicate their differences. And I think a lot of that stems from how you were raised and how you have handled conflict in the past. A lot of people feel like they're going to handle conflict differently than they did in their past with it, if it's someone that they're in a relationship with. Right. But that's not the truth. You're going to handle it the same way you've handled other things. So I think people are scared of conflict. And that quote that you had, I think, is extremely true. You can't know truly if you're going to stick it out with that person until you're able to go into conflict with them Mm -hmm. and really resolve it because that love that you guys have for each other that's based on the love that you have for Christ Mm -hmm. is able to keep you guys and move you past it. And just a side, nothing hurts worse is when you're hurt or you hurt someone and then you try to resolve it, and oh. they don't reciprocate. You trying to make me cry as we outro? <laughs> yes. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's extremely true. Yeah. That's very heavy. Yeah. Man, you've brought up a lot of things that we could do whole episodes on. I know. On. I know. 
just means you'll be back heck yeah well guys i hope you enjoyed connor i know i did it's been a super fun episode and i know we haven't had a guest in a while so he's a perfect guest to have on and like i said he'll be back for sure um we're trying to get some more guests on the show soon so keep your keep your eyes open as we uh get some new faces on here new opinions new stories new uh upbringing so we're excited for all of it and again connor thank you for jumping on the show it's been a pleasure Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on this episode, and we will see you all on the next one.